welcome to the Travel Coach Network podcast, your weekly dose of travel coach info, inspo, and news from around the globe. Tune in to each episode to hear inspiring stories of successful travel coaches who are building their lives and business around travel, all while exploring around the world. You'll also learn all about travel coaching, setting intentions for a trip, adding meaning to travel, and how you can grow your own travel coaching business. Because remember, there is more to a travel career than just blogging and bookings. Now, join me as we reshape how and why people travel. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel Coach Network podcast. It is I, Sahara Rose DeVore, the founder of the Travel Coach Network and the creator and instructor of the Travel Coach Certification Program. Today, I have a very lovely guest. I have Aneta Grabiak. She's an MA, a psychologist, a nutritional therapist, a hormonal well-being expert, award-winning author, a public speaker, and has been heard and seen on countless podcasts and in interviews. She speaks five languages and has traveled to over 130 countries while also running international retreats for 10 years. Aneta aims to take people to exotic off-the-beat locations to reset their nervous system, re-evaluate their life, their purpose, to understand themselves and their relationships. She works with individuals and couples on their emotional and physical well-being and on their fertility. Thank you so much for joining us on the TCN podcast today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And I'm grateful for being invited. No, of course. First, before we dive into all of those adventures that you've had and how much you love travel, tell us more about yourself and then where did your passion for travel stem from? I was born in Poland to a very mixed family of Dutch-Italian roots, and my surname is actually somewhere from Slovenia, Montenegro, Albania. We don't really know because we don't seem to recall any roots in our family from those countries. But I know when I go to this part of the world, which is the Balkans, ex-Yugoslavia, I feel at home there. And people recognize my surname, it's from there. So it's all very interesting. My passion for travel started when I was actually a preschool kid. We had this small globe somewhere in our house. And I kept asking my mom, what is it? And what is it was South America. I was of certain height and this was as high I could reach. And my mom would tell me, oh, this is where coffee and chocolate comes from. I literally said then, I will go there. And my mom looked at me, sure you will. Little did she know that 22 years later, I actually went for 18 months to Latin America, Central and South. I think geography lessons at school and the fact that perhaps not being native English speaker, you need to learn other languages. You want to communicate with others and through those languages, you develop curiosity for other cultures and countries. And as you know for yourself, the appetite grows once you start traveling. And I guess the first dream is to go maybe to Paris, to Rome, to New York. Then you want to explore some off-beaten track destinations. I've realized for myself, no matter how much I studied, my degrees, my diplomas, my professional successes, which I'm very grateful for, I'm very humble for all the opportunities. And of course, I worked hard for them. But I know personally, I've learned more and I've grown more as a person traveling because you have to learn so much about yourself. You face all sorts of situations. You meet all sorts of people. You need to expand your mindset within moments. So 
this is a beautiful lesson of growing, beautiful lesson of understanding, uh, building your resilience, building assertiveness, patience, flexibility, and everything else. I can see that in your story. Definitely. Even thinking about it now, the words have weight. So we say something and actually we don't realize <laughs> that we're actually living those words in the future. That's actually also a very nice reference to everything in life. I've got so many clients and friends who would say, oh, you're so lucky. I would love to go to whichever destination. I'm asking what's holding you back. We tend to create stories in our heads. And those stories are most of the time limiting beliefs. My biggest passion, apart from doing psychology and helping people with fertility and teaching yoga and traveling myself and practicing the languages I speak, is taking people out of their context, allowing them to gently stretch their comfort zone because I see them day one on our retreat and they want to hold hands and they are very organized and they really literally scared to breathe. And then I'm seeing how they nicely open up and what happens to them, the transformation during seven, 10 days and the friendships they build. It's the beautiful thing to witness. And I know it serves them. I know they come back home as different people. I know it improves their relationships with themselves because when I feel more confident, when I feel more assured of myself, when my self-esteem, self-work grows, this is how I'm stepping into the relationships with others in my life. Yeah. So what exactly inspired you to go from a traveler yourself to experience the world to now want to help others use travel as a vessel for deepening their relationships to learning more about themselves and self-discovery? Was there something in particular that happened or an aha moment that you had or was something more gradual? I think it was gradual. My personal travels and I saw every single time how differently I approached the life that I left at home. So sometimes people say that, oh, you're escaping life. It's not really an escape. And I think as a psychologist, it's only healthy to get out of that context, the daily life get out somewhere else, even speak to different people, even see how different people live, and then come back to your life. There's a famous saying, you can't solve the problem with the same mind that created it. In my case, it always worked. At the beginning, we're talking probably 20 years ago, I was invited to teach yoga at someone else's hiking weekends. And I thought, what a great combination because I've noticed hiking being in nature, which is quite a beaten path. And then practicing yoga, I realized it's a nice combination for people. And I also saw what was happening for them, how rested they would come back home and how they were sharing their dilemmas and how they would receive support, advice, solutions to whatever that was for them. And then I was hungry to create something bigger, more meaningful, because sometimes weekend is not enough, because you work Monday, Friday, nine, five, or whatever hours you do, and you leave Saturday morning, you come back Sunday evening. So sometimes, of course, it's better than nothing, but sometimes not enough. So I thought, let's explore it further. How about five days? How about seven days? How about 10 days or two weeks retreats? How about going somewhere where I know because I speak to my clients and friends and people dream of those destinations like Bali. I'm taking two groups to Bali this year. I took a retreat to Sri Lanka, to India, to Albania, to Georgia in Europe, totally off-beaten track destinations. And I witnessed how people enjoy that, how nice it is to be away from civilization when your phone is not working, when you can't get reception, when you actually need to speak to each other or maybe be silent and soak in the nature, observe the local life. I can't even express, and I'm sure those of us who traveled, because if you're watching us right now here, you also have itching feet for traveling. So I'm sure you understand what I mean by that. 
I heard you say the term transformative experience or transformation often. That word means something different to every business owner. What does a transformation look like for your clients and your experiences that you provide? As you said, it's a very individual experience. For some people, it could be, I'm not going for all-inclusive week holidays on the beach. I mean, each to its own, that's also a form of rest and form of traveling to another state or form of traveling to another country. And it's all great because we're resting on the time, we're promoting well-being, we're eating nice, exotic, foreign cuisine. Maybe we hear foreign language. Maybe we try something new. Maybe we make new friends. So for some people, switching this to something else as of me going and sleeping in five different types of accommodation during 10 days retreat. Maybe for some is joining my winter skiing yoga retreats where some people learn to ski and I've got people over 60 who come and learn how to ski because they've always dreamed of their life. They never had the company or they never had the courage. And now they know when average age of that retreat is 40 plus or 50 plus. They feel they are supported in a group of peers. Sometimes we feel like I'm not good enough, right? This imposter syndrome. So when they know everyone is on that very level and will be sharing this experience, it's a beautiful journey of that transformation. Sometimes it could be in Albania. It was 10, 12 hours trekking daily. So for some people, this is a big thing. Every single adventure is different and attracts different people. I know that you're not a travel coach, but you do help people use travel as a vessel for transformation, for change, for personal growth, for self-development and more. But within your experiences that you provide, you obviously believe in the depth that travel can do and the power that it has on us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically for our personal lives and for our work lives, getting that clarity that we need, maybe that reset. Within your experiences, do you do any mindset work? Is there any way that you help people use what they're experiencing, implement that into maybe their daily routine when they get back or to apply it to who they are as a person? Because what I've noticed in the world of travel, and this is where travel coaching came about, is people take a vacation or they go on a trip or they go on a retreat and everything stays within that experience. It's great. They're learning. They're growing. A lot of times not aware that they're growing or changing, or when they come back from that trip, everything goes back to the same. They're the same person, the same lifestyle, the same routine, the same mindset, same everything. But as we know, as avid travelers and passionate travel business owners, travel has that power to transform us and to be a powerful tool in our lives. Is there anything within your experiences of how you help people dive deeper into what these experiences can actually do for them? I hope I do. I run retreats and those retreats are for a very small group of people. And very often there is recruitment process where people apply. Once I have an idea of the team and experience of a given destination, I also use, because I'm a mindfulness facilitator and psychologist, I use that team or whichever team it is for people to experience and for people to transform. And the theme is often put out either to my clients or social media. So those who are coming, they know what's going to happen. And we work on it daily. So it's either gratitude practice. We're working on certain relationships. We're working on mindset growth. I run mini workshop sessions. Sometimes it's literally we all on the beach or we're sitting by the fire or we're sharing a glass of wine and we're having a discussion. 
And then when we come back home, we still have WhatsApp group. And on that group, we still mention just to motivate everyone. So we mention what happened on day two. How are you implementing into your life? So it's a very nice reference. And then very often, I like a year after the retreat, send another message to the group and just remind them. People do bring some questions. I am available for them there. They ask some questions. We've got a nice Q&A. I can see people have grown. People don't want to be where they started. So I guess that's also the crowd that my retreats attract. It's really important because otherwise it's a big disservice to go on a, a holiday or vacation or a trip or a retreat and not be aware of just how impactful that experience can be on your overall life, not just the time that you're there. I noticed that you say that travel can help people reset their nervous system. Can you share more about what that means? I don't know if you've ever done backpacking in your life. Probably you have. And very often when you're not prepared for backpacking, it can reset your nervous system in a wrong direction. If you're not open, if you're not ready to accept life for what it is, or if something didn't go the way you wanted it. I like to take care of the logistics for my clients. They don't have to worry about admin organization, but they've got more time to literally be. So very often I encourage, or I even offer digital detox retreats as well. When there is no mobile phones, no laptops, there is maybe a one phone call daily to the family and just ask them to be, or we do some charity work, or we do cooking lessons, or we do gardening in Sri Lanka to experience something different. They may not know how. And they may not be aware of the instructions, but they come open to that. You have a book that is all about being good enough. Can you share about that book, what it's about yes. and what inspired you to write it? How to be good enough. It's the manual to or practical book to living joyfully, because I've realized that I also would struggle in life and I would always listen to this voice in my head, finding something, oh, you know, you should have done better. You should have be this or that. There was a certain point in life, but I've given about two decades work towards my personal development. And then working with clients on therapies and, you know, psychology sessions, I realized most of us hear that voice. Most of us, maybe 1% of narcissists don't. And I thought enough, it's enough because we are beautiful and gorgeous and we divine beings and we constantly put ourselves down. That means we don't only go for our dreams, but we also won't share our skills with others because we always hear this inner critic. So actually there is one chapter in this book talking about writing a list of things and destinations you wanted to do, experience and visit and just go for it. If it's too hard for you to buy one-way ticket or return ticket and go backpacking without have, having everything organized, go on something that you feel it's a gentle stretch of your comfort zone. However, you feel that's the adventure. However, that's something different that you've experienced. Because I know for myself and my clients, as soon as you make one step out of your routine, you're unstoppable. You're unstoppable in your professional life, in your personal life. You go for the dreams, you go for the skills that you wanted to pursue and nurture. Yeah, I think that is a really good message. Obviously, imposter syndrome is something that many people deal with, whether you are a business owner or you're not. A lot of listeners here are travel business owners, travel coaches, travel agents, retreat leaders, and more. We question, are we good enough? Are we good enough to be this thought leader in what we want to talk about? Are we good enough to help other people, to coach other people, to plan trips for other people? Am I good enough to show up and spread my message, to share my story? 
And am I worthy of going on these trips? Am I worthy of having this lifestyle that I have and that I've created for myself? These are all things that I know a lot of people have going through their heads. So that's really important. I highly recommend people to check out that book. Where can people learn more about you, find, follow you, see what books that you have and follow your journey? My website is a good reference, which is my name, anettagrabiet.com. But also on social media, you can find me on Instagram, Aneta Gravit underscore wellness, because there is a team of traveling. And as I said, I'm not a travel agent. It's a small group of people that I take away and I create unique experience and I involve local people. That's very important to me to offer a job to local people and then bring something to those who come that experience. They interact with the locals. There's an always very good healthy food and balanced way of activities. So that's probably the best way to reach. Yeah, I would say social media website. Perfect. I will include all of those links in the show notes. As we wrap it up here, Anetha, can you share a fun fact about yourself? It doesn't have to be business or travel related if you have one. Well, I'm thinking about it now, so it will be travel related. I'm running two retreats in Bali. I set up one, but it filled up during today, so I needed to set up another one. And then I've decided to have my midlife crisis. I'm laughing midlife crisis because I haven't done backpacking, like proper backpacking for years now. And I'm going to go backpacking to Vietnam and Cambodia in October. I'm giving myself a month. And all I have is return flights to London on October 20th. I'm excited about everything else. And I'm literally going backpacking. So it's a big journey. Yeah, maybe fun fact, going midlife and going backpacking. So I'm very excited about it. Is this trip going to be after or before your retreats? After the retreat. So I will be in Bali and I've realized geographically I'm literally right there in Asia. I've never done Vietnam. You see, I've been to 133 countries. And I've left Cambodia and Vietnam because I thought, oh, everyone goes there. I don't need to go there. I really want to go there now. Why not? They're beautiful countries. You're going to have an amazing time. And it's nice after your retreats to go and spend time on your own in these destinations. So you're going to have to keep us posted on how your trip goes. I can definitely relate to that. I haven't backpacked since, well, it hasn't been that long. I think I was, my last time backpacking was about five years ago, but I spent a decade backpacking around the globe solo. Every time I would come back from a trip, I would say, who is that person? How did she do it? Now that it's been five years since I've done that, I'm like, do I have it in me? Can I do it again? Am I capable? But I know as soon as I would pack a backpack and book a trip and get to the airport, I'd snap back into that mode. So you're going to have an amazing journey because travel just brings this new character out of us, especially as solo women travelers. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Travel Coach Network podcast today. Thank you. I'm glad we connected. And you speaking about backpacking, I could see your eyes. (laughs) Now you understand the passion, that feeling. I'm still not sure what travel coach is. So before we wrap up, I would be very curious. You tell me what travel coach is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So travel coaches are not travel agents. Travel coaches are not travel advisors. They don't plan and book trips. What travel coaching is all about is helping people do that. And your experiences there, you might just not have been aware of it. Travel coaching is helping people use travel as that tool. So using that experience, using that vacation, using that holiday to reach specific goals. Maybe they are needing time to self-reflect. Maybe it's time that they need after divorce or breakup. When we think of these reasons why people choose to book a trip or to go on a retreat in the first place, 
travel coaching brings it to the surface of why they're going and using travel intentionally to help them make those transformations, make those changes in their lives. And travel coaches focus in so many different areas and expertises, just depends on their passions and their interests and their skills. In a nutshell, it's what travel coaching is. I, I love that you asked that question. We've seen a huge influx of travel coaching over the past several years, especially travel agents becoming travel coaches, meaning them adding this aspect of coaching into how they attract their clients, work with their clients and provide experiences too. I love how you said it and what you do because you not only travel agent mostly covers passion for traveling or a list of destinations. However, you only not have discovered, I saw the passion in your eyes for traveling, but also you understand the meaning behind it and also understanding each individual, what do they need from the travel, right? What travel did for me when I started backpacking at 22 years old and what I learned from tens of thousands of conversations with travelers when I was on the road and why people get into the travel industry and why they're seeking a job in the travel industry. Travel has a lot more depth to it. Travel coaching just really brings that all to the surface and has more meaning to how we can help other people with what we as individuals love so much about travel and understand about travel. When you were talking about imposter syndrome and that many of your listeners are people in the business of traveling or coaches or therapists, I don't know, yoga teachers or anyone who is willing or trying to organize retreats or trips. And with imposter syndrome not being good enough, sometimes there's a question, how do I dare to charge for it? And that's something I teach. I mentor with my 10 years experience of running retreats, profitable retreats. That's my main income. I've learned all the ropes and I help others who are just starting, not just with the destination, with the logistics, with organization, with what to think, what to plan with that experience and how to charge. Some of the people I meet with, yoga teachers, nutritionists, and in their mind, they think they should only cover their flight and the hotel or accommodation. They totally forget how much they bring on the table, how much years they spend to gain the experience that they are going to share with others. They are going to actually be with their guests for a week. That means you've got a week of salary to be covered. There's just little nuances people don't understand and they don't think they can charge for it. Then they don't know how to, I don't want to use the word sell themselves, but how to offer Because for me, every single retreat is offering to someone and we already thinking, oh, but there are so many people offering retreat. No, you only one, you only unique. Don't you worry about the competition. There's nobody who is competing with you. Every retreat should be so different depending on who's running it and what experience you're providing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We always are bringing in different guest experts into the Travel Coach Network and into the Travel Coach Certification Program to teach these skills. Because you're right, those are questions that people get all the time. A lot of people are interested as travel coaches to run retreats too. So thank you so much for sharing that. These are all great pain points that uh, a lot of travel business owners do have, especially in the world of retreats, which is on the rise as we came out of the pandemic here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Travel Coach Network podcast. If you're brand new to the world of travel coaching, you must grab our free beginner's guide to travel coaching in the show notes. Then come share your takeaway from this episode in the Travel Coach Network global community. It's our free Facebook group for aspiring and thriving travel coaches. See you there.